Welcome, listeners, to our review of Little Women. I'm working on a novel. It is a story of my life and my sisters. Make it short and spicy. And if the main character is a girl, make sure she's married by the end. Ow, Joe! I want to be an artist in Rome and be the best painter in the world. That's what you want, too, isn't it, Joe, to be a famous writer? Yes, but it sounds so crass when she says it. My girls have a way of getting into mischief. Well, so do I. This is Meg, Amy, Beth, and Joe. I intend to make my own way in the world. No one makes their own way. Least of all a woman. You'll need to marry well. But you are not married, aren't you? Well, that's because I'm rich. Right, Dean, Little Women, released last year, but just came out here in Australia a couple of weeks later, starring Shosha Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, Eliza Scanlon, Laura Dern, Timothy Chalamet, Tracy Letts, Chris Cooper, and Meryl Streep, written by Greta Gerwig, based on the novel by Louisa May Alcott, and directed by Greta Gerwig. Yeah, I, I had the pleasure of catching this film yesterday at the lovely Peninsula Cinemas. Yes, me too. We had the uh, well, we had the option of The Gentleman or Little Women, and you got to see both. But yeah, I, I saw both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, but I only got to see Little Women, thanks, of course, to the amazing Peninsula Cinema. So we'll hear your thoughts on The Gentleman up in the, the main episode coming up. Yes. But uh, yes, Little Women. Currently, it has grossed $80 million so far around the world. No but no, no budget I've seen. No budget. I, I didn't see. I couldn't see an estimated budget. That's cheap. Yeah, the budget is zero. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Eighty million for this film. I think that would be. I mean, pretty this good. film. This film would have cost a little bit to make. Do you think eighty million worth? I mean, obviously it's made money, but. Yeah. You know, you look at production design, like having a period piece costs money. Yeah, lots of lots of costumes in this film. Lots of costumes. And an all-star cast as well. I mean, this is a... Yeah, Tracy Letts. I don't know who Tracy well, Letts Well, let's is. talk about him. Is Tracy a guy? Yes. Is it like Tracy Morgan? I mean, that makes sense. He is also a guy. Eliza Scanlon, eh? The, uh, the fourth sister. How much do you know about Little Women before you saw okay, this film? This, this is a great question because I feel like this actually plays a big role in my thoughts on this film. I know nothing about Little Women. I think the most I know about Little Women- This could be my answer. Is that they reference it in French. Yep. <laughs> Joey is reading the book and someone spoils for him something that happens in Little Women. Did you remember that from the, from the show? I remembered. So what they say is they say someone dies, and I remembered that they say someone dies, but I didn't remember who. So it was yeah, oh, it's funny because the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, gee, who was it they said? <laughs> <laughs> but no, so that's your answer as well. Absolutely, you I haven't seen the 1994 one or any of the other ones that have come out. I think there's only two prior. There's one in the 40s, and then there's the 94 version, which stars. I thought there was two prior to the the 94 one. Oh, was it? Uh, I believe so. I could be wrong. But either way, I haven't seen any of them. Tell you, that 94 one has a big cast. All I know, it's got Renona Wider. Wow. Renona Ryder. Winona. Not Renona. Renona Wider. Winona Ryder. That's the one. Kirsten Dunst. Okay. Susan Sarandon. Hmm. Christian Bale. Really? Young Christian Bale, obviously. No, he's actually playing a much older, fatter version. Ah, very method. Method at its (laughs) finest. Um, no, it's it's yeah, it's a really good cast. Oh, fantastic! You haven't seen it though. No, no, I have not, and uh, yeah, I have not. But looking at this film, this currently has an average of eight point three over fourteen thousand ratings. So give it eleven thousand more ratings at same same level, and it'll be hitting the top two fifty. Eight point one is about the cutoff, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes over, I guess, the next week or so when it finally hits the ratings. But Dean, let's kick it back to you. What do you think of this version of Little Women? Well. 
This is a movie that didn't appeal to me, okay? That when I heard about it coming out, I was like, okay, that's fine. This is probably more of a a movie that is aimed towards females. But then I started hearing on various podcasts that, you know, people were loving this film. Obviously, Greta Gerwig has a decent pedigree. I loved Lady Bird. So, my, my sort of expectations started to change a bit. So, I went in, though, with not huge expectations. And I love this film. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Movie finished. I went and sat in my car and spent 20 minutes writing notes about this film. Nice. Like, this... I don't know. These... You can... I can see why this film is being remade and remade and remade. Okay. Because the story is great. The characters are phenomenal. Timeless, you could say that story. I mean, I feel like it's sort of stuck in a time. But it can be done at any, it can be made at any point in time, and you would be able to watch it pretty convincingly. Well, it's a you know, it's a story about. I mean, before you continue, let, let me get my opinions out. No, no, before, no, no. no. It's, it's how dare I? Irrelevant, Hendo. <laughs> I agree with you for the most part. I don't. I didn't go come out of it going, "Wow, that was just an absolute amazing film." I really enjoyed it. Like. Great cast, great acting, costume design, fantastic. The score, the score is, I don't generally notice the scores, but having since started the podcast, I have started to pick up on it a lot more, but this score, it blew me away. Like I noticed that it was front and center. It was fantastic. Really set the tone of the film. Talking about the the piano heavy score. Yeah, by Alexandre Desplat. You've heard of that name before several times. Is it? Does it have a silent T on the end? Yes. And I'm pretty sure I would have made a splat joke. Maybe. Several times. Classic Dean. Yeah. <laughs> I think the cinematography in this film is pretty outstanding. I feel like the only thing that, that kind of drops it for me is this film is non-linear and there were definitely points where I got a bit mixed as to when it was in the in the present or when it was in the past. Now, there is, there is a very significant way of telling the story where the past is very bright. I, I noticed that. Very bright, lots of nice colours. And when it gets to the present, it's kind of toned down and it's a bit more of a, a darker setting. But it's also it's also not just the you know, aesthetically how it looks, the way you're describing, but also the tone of the two times are very much contrasted with yeah. the olden days, if you were, even for this film, when they're younger, yeah. everyone's very upbeat and happy. Yeah, and, that, and then that when, you, the, that- when you cut to the, the present day in the film, the tone is much more morose. Yeah, and that works well with the actual cinematography setting of the tone, you know, the bright, upbeat colours, and you got the the more darker, shady tones. It took me a little bit to un- to finally realise that that is what was going on, particularly right at the start. I got quite, really? yeah, quite confused in the first like 20 minutes. Like, oh, okay, this is- Because I like like you, I knew nothing about this film. So, the fact that they were going back in time and, and you know, back to present, it, it confused me for the first 10 or so minutes. And there was maybe a little portion towards the back half where I got a bit mixed as well. But throughout the, the majority of the film, yep, I understood it completely. That's probably my only negative. Like everything else- I really dug about this film. Acting is just on point. Saoirse Ronan, oh, she's a superstar in this film. She's a superstar, period. That's true. Lady Bird, you know, our thoughts of Lady Bird are out there. I think Lady Bird is a bloody fantastic film. Yep. One of my favourites of 2017. Yep, agree. Yep. Gerwig and Saoirse back here for this one. And- Little Women is better than Lady Bird. Oh, do you think so? Oh, yeah. No, I don't think that. I think Lady Bird is still a better film than this. Yep. But to be fair, I'd probably have to rewatch both. I've only seen Lady Bird once and obviously this one, so maybe a rewatch of both of those. Maybe back to back might uh, change my opinion. Who knows? What struck me... So there's that we've said there's two time settings. Yeah. One seven years in the future. What struck me is they did at one point they mentioned someone's age in it, and I wish they hadn't because then I was just like, I think they mentioned someone was 21 in the the future. Yeah. 
And then I was like, hold on a minute. Yeah. Are you telling me that Florence Pugh is 13 in half this movie? Yeah, that, that was like, the thing. Like, come on. It, there's, there's a big gap between the times, yet they there's no ageing whatsoever in the film. There's really not. No. And they, they really don't try either. No, no, there's no being around the bush. Like, they actually are not trying with the different ages. I like, really you could maybe get away with it if they were, like, 30 to 21, maybe, but the- Thirteen to twenty is a bit of a bit of a difference there. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, Greta Gerwig should have uh, given old old Marty Scorsese a call. Yeah, give just, him a, give just him a for call. Some tips. How do I de-age these? You know, what are they? Late twenties in real life? Oh yeah, yeah, like, yep, early thirties. Because I remember thinking Saoirse Ronan was pushing it, playing. I think she was seventeen in Lady Bird. Yeah, and now, oh God, I mean, I, I know she's the she is the eldest of the four sisters. Joe. Joe. Joe Marsh. Yes. I feel so much more um, cultured and educated after seeing this film. Well, look at you. I really, like, I can I, I can just- I mean, this is a classic, classic book. Yeah, it is a classic book. I just- uh, it's These characters, man, like Joe, Beth, Meg, Amy. I always forget Amy's name. They're just- Is that I, the Emma Watson one? No, Emma Watson's Meg. And Amy was Florence Pugh. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And Beth was the- uh, the actress we haven't heard of, who was played by Kirsten Dunst in the the other one. Uh, I did read up some trivia about this. Apparently, Emma Stone was supposed to play the Emma Watson character. I know. That's good. Because, yeah, I would say that she would have put in a much better performance than Emma Watson. I mean, Emma Watson is, for for her part, I feel like she's just, she's there. She's the weakest performance in yeah. this film. I, I, I can't get over that it's Emma Watson when I watch, I don't know, I don't- Do you think, just see Hermione, is that it? Yeah, I don't find her- as a, a a good actress. Well, I feel like her character is definitely put in the back a bit. Like, I feel like this is more of a Joe and Amy story, and she's really just there as one of the other sisters. She gets some time. No, but she, a, she's, she definitely gets more time than, say, Beth, for example. Yeah, but I'm talking about Florence Pugh and Trisha Ronan. I feel like they are the ones that are front and centre here, and they put on, like, fantastic performances in this film. And like I said, no one puts in an awful performance here. Like, Timothy Chalamet, he's great in this film. Oh, it's better than- Better than great. I mean, great's pretty good. He, he, I agree. Timothy Chalamet is fantastic in this. You know what? You know what I wanted to watch after this. I want to watch Call hot, Me by Your. I was going to say again. Hot Summer Nights. Don't go watch no, that I again. Watch, I want to watch Call Me by Your. Yeah, name again. I really, I really actually want to watch that too. Again. And I was talking to Brit about you know this movie and everything last night, and she's saying, "Oh, who's this this guy who looks like a kid? Like I didn't buy him when he was older." And I said, "Oh, well, you know, you know him from Call Me by Your Name." And she's like, "Oh, I haven't seen it." I was like, "You really what? should watch it." Like it's that came out just when we started the podcast what as well. Did I give that two you, and a half? Yeah, like a two. Two. Yeah, it's not a two because I still think about it fondly now. You mentioned Tracy Letts. He actually plays Ladybird's dad as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he plays the um like the the magazine or the paper editor. Well, you want to hope you're right. It could be. <laughs> Who else is in this? Meryl Streep. What do you think of Meryl Streep in this? She's good. I mean, she's, she's always good. I feel like she's just sort of like constantly winking at the camera. Like she's playing someone here who is generally pretty mean, but she gets away with it and comes across like- Because she's Meryl Streep? Because it's Meryl Streep. Do you know what I mean? You know, can I mention someone else? No. Okay. Thank Chris you, Pat. No. Laura Dern. I think, she, year. I think she was great in this movie as well. As the, you know, the mother figure here, She's she really, really puts it on. She's great. I, I agree. Laura Dern in this and Noah Bombach's marriage story, incredible. Like, really, really strong. Yeah. Strong year for Laura Dern. Yeah. I also like how this is just a, well, there is some sad and somber moments. There's, a, there's some fair bits of comedy in this film. I laughed several times in this film. I laughed a couple times yeah. too. I was sitting next to some two old ducks and- 
They didn't make a noise, but I was I was cackling. Oh, there were some genuinely laugh out loud funny moments. It was. It's just it it makes you feel good. This movie. Yeah. It is. It's. I don't know. It's weird. Like it's a G rated film. I don't remember the last non kids movie that was G rated that I liked. Well, isn't it because most G rated films are for kids? Probably. But yeah. I was like, I was surprised when I saw Little Women rated G. I was like, wow. I mean, really? I'd be more than happy to show this to my kids. They in- wouldn't watch it. No, but it's too boring. Yeah, but because I thought about it, oh, my oldest is about to turn ten, and I was like, I still think she is not old enough to appreciate. Yeah, this. but in the future, because this has a very strong theme of sisterhood and getting along with your sisters. And my two daughters, <laughs> man, they could use a lesson in getting along with each other. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think it's I think it's great. These such strong characters, these female characters, who- but they're also different as well. They have yeah. their own personality I traits. Know, I know. And part of the, part of all these notes I was writing down, I wrote each sister, and I wrote a little spiel about all of them. And I was just like, I love that. I can do that after sitting through like just over two hours of this movie. I'm like, I know these people so well. These people don't feel like you're watching a movie and these are the characters. They feel like real people you would meet and get to know. It's, it's so, you know, it's a credit to the writing. It's a credit to the performances. And I just, I fell in love with this story. Oh, very good. All right. Well, before we get into the spoiler section, Dean, why don't you give us your rating? I feel like I know what it's going to be. Yeah. Seems to be the uh, popular pick this year. It's four and a half. Okay, very good. Now, I remember last week on our Rise of Skywalker episode where I managed to convince you to drop it from a two and a half to a two. And I came into this review with a strong four. But you, you've you done it to me, mate. Yeah, this This initial discussion here and just- Dropped it to a three and a yeah, half. <laughs> two stars. No, I'm putting this up to a four and a half. This this movie, like, I, it's funny because I walked out at four stars. Yeah. I did. I was like, okay, I get it. I get the hype. And I, all these positive things I was thinking about it. But then I just kept thinking about it. And I was like, no, nah, you know what? This movie is really, really strong. And I spent ages talking to the wife last night about it. And she's not a huge fan of this because she's in love with the original, the 94, and everything- That's not the original. Sorry, the 94 version, and everything that this movie did differently, she seemed to take issue with. There's also, yeah, like you said, things that they've done with this film, this feels- not only a movie of its time, but also there's little bits of upgraded versions, like things you would expect from a 2019 film there, like just little things that I noticed, like a dance scene for some, for you know, a small little um, example here where there's two characters and they're dancing and they're dancing the way that they would have in those times. But then they just break out into this muck around casual dance, which you would probably get in this, this day and age. Okay. Fair enough. Just little things like that where it is a bit more modernised, like certain things that are said or done where there is just that little hint at, yeah, this is a modernised, semi, like semi-modernised version. You mentioned before you it took you a little bit to actually get used to the, the f- jumping forward and back between time. Mm. In the 94 version, it's all chronological. Yeah, I did read up that it was all chronological. In hindsight, now that you've finished the movie and you understand what it was doing, do you think that's a good decision, what they did? Yes. Absolutely. I'm thinking the way, if it was done chronologically- You miss the parallels. Yeah, Some exactly. Some of these parallels are so clear. Oh, let's get, can we get into spoilers now? Yeah, certainly. Let's do it. After this, there is no turning back. I strongly recommend caution. So, when Beth dies and you see the the great comparison between when she's younger and she lives 
and the whole walking down or running down the stairs and then seeing the mom and Beth at the table and then you hit that with the her walking slowly down the stairs. As you say, it's much a darker scene. Yep. All the colours are toned down and, you know, she realises that Beth's dead. That was, that was such a powerful way of telling that story. I thought it was really, really spot on. What would you make of the little Bob Odenkirk popping up? Yeah, I, I knew he was in it. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, oh, yeah the missus told me he was in it. Uh, oh, well, it's, way to spoil it, no, no, that's, I mean, you know, you didn't want to say he was in it at the start of the episode. Is is that a spoiler? Like, I don't know. I didn't see him anyone, in, in anything. Is he so big that people care that he's in this film? I mean, it was just, it, wouldn't he have had some sort of little pop-in on the trailer or something on the on the credits and the trailer, I mean, the, the, the poster, something like that? In fairness, I was not expecting the dad to come back ever, so maybe that mm. was more the spoiler that the dad exists. But, I mean, a spoiler in a film like this, which has been told- Exactly, like this spoiler-filled section, like this is a movie that's been remade like four times now. It's a classic book. I mean, is it actually a spoiler now? It's like a- it's a classic tale, like like we like we were saying with in the Friends episode. They spoil everything. Isn't it's like a, a thing you should know. So they say Beth dies. Do they say anything else? No, because it's really centered around Joey mixing up the boy and the girl names. It's like Amy took Joe's manuscript. I don't know if she's going to forgive him. It's like Joe is a Josephine. It's like, but she's got a crush on Laurie. Oh, it's <laughs> a girl. Girl. Things like no, Laurie's a boy. He's like, oh man. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, but the Beth dying was the the only big spoiler they had. And I'm like you, I knew that there was someone who died in this and I couldn't remember what the name was. And the thing is, like, because Beth is sick most of this movie. Hmm. So, it's sort of like me knowing someone dies, I'm like, well, it's probably not going to be Beth. Because that's, oh, you thought it was gonna be, cause that's so obvious. I was like, if Beth dies, that's just like, yeah, of course she's going to die. She's always sick. Whereas I was expecting like a rug pulled out and, oh, Amy's dead and, you know, something like that. But there's so many like scenes in this film that are so good. Like the scene on the beach between Beth and Joe when she, they're talking about how Beth's okay to go now. She's accepted it. Yeah. That was crushing. The scene with Joe and Laurie out in the field in when the he's field. declaring his love. Oh. Uh, it's great. It, was, it was so good. I felt for him so much in that scene. This Laurie guy, he gets around the old Marsh family, doesn't he? It, he took me a while to uh, like really peg like what this character was. Yeah, about. I didn't know if he was going to turn out to be like some sort of smarmy type of villain kind of guy who just goes around and you know tries to take on all the Marsh kids. Yeah, but even another crushing scene is when he's. You know, he sort of says, oh, let's get married to Amy. And she's like, don't you dare. I've loved you my whole life. I'm, I'm sick of being, you know, Joe's, getting Joe's seconds, basically. And it was, it's not just with Laurie that she gets this, but also the the whole um, Meryl Streep character of it all, where she says to Joe, you're going to come to Europe with me. And then she changes her mind and says it to Amy because Joe's not interested in, you know, in marrying Rich. Yeah. Which I thought was yeah, another good parallel there. I like the, the story of uh, making the book as well and her and Joe's journey to basically, like the, the conversation she has with the, the publisher. publisher, yeah, and how, you know, that final scene where she's like, no, no, I'm keeping the copyright, I want the money. She, she stands up for herself and she forces the issue, which, good on her, well done. Yeah. It's also, I, I did appreciate the talks with Meryl Streep again about the role that a woman can have in those times and how really you can't, it's not easy for you to support yourself. Like you, you no, virtually have to. It marry is done rich. in around the time where mainly the goal of women is to try and find a rich guy and get married and you know into money and be the the wife. But you see, Joe, she she's not all about that. She wants to create her own life. 
make yeah, these she books. She talks about, you know, she's not ready to give up her liberty yet. Yeah. And I think, like, her having freedom is such a big, you know, part of this film as well. Yeah, but it's not all that, though. You see at certain points, she's like, yes, I want my, I want to be by myself and I don't need, I don't need a guy, but she's lonely. She wants, she wants, she wants to be loved. Like, you see that vulnerable side of her throughout the film, which is great. You got, you know, contrast each other. This is a very multi layered character. And the relationship between Joe and uh, Mami was great. Yep. Like when, when Laura Dern was saying that she's always angry and she's taken her 40 years to control it. And you're sort of seeing like Mami is sort of the Joe grown up. Yeah. And you're like, okay, so that's where that can go if she marries, if she does this. And yeah, I, I found that really interesting, especially the look they share when Amy comes back and says she's married Laurie. Oh, yeah. And it was just like, because. Because mommy knows and she just looks at Joe like, oh, no. Like, uh, oh, yeah, crushing. Yeah, man. Let's oh. talk, before we wrap this up, let's talk about the end because I read it a different way than Brit read it. I read I read this as she does not marry Frederick. Okay. Because when she's sitting talking to the publisher saying, here's a, here's a book, here's the story, this is how it happened. And he's like, no, nah, you need the woman to get married at the end. Yeah. And then she agrees to that. And then it shows a scene of her being married, and then you see her printing the book. So, do you think that scene of that her being married is reality, or is that the book ending? Jeez, uh, I never didn't really think of it. I feel like she did get married because there's no other point in this movie where it's just the point of the book. Like, if that's just that one random scene that she's written in just for the book, kind of... I don't know. But like they talk about it. He's like, no, nah, she's got to get married. And she's like, but that's not what happens. And he's like, well, if you want to sell it. And she's like, oh, okay. Yeah. But then I'll I'll get my copyright. I'll I'll own this. But that's not what happened. And then it shows that scene of her, you know, with the entire family and she's married and stuff. I just took that as honestly, that's the book ending. And then you see the book being made, which by herself, and that's a reality. At the end, she's standing alone with her book. That's her story. Hmm. So. It's an interesting way to interpret it. And it's a Brit, good way. Brit was a very against this because there's no question in her mind because she's grown up with the 94 Little Women where mm. she, where Joe marries Frederic in the end. And she's like, no, that what happens really is she marries Frederic. And I'm trying to say, no, I know you're saying that because you're seeing like the book version of it, whereas this version is sort of forcing the audience to take a step back and look at it from a different point of view where- yeah, it's great we have this version where she gets married, but really, Joe wouldn't do that. Yeah, but I still feel like the fact that they sh- had that one scene that showed her with Frederic, and the fact there's no other scene like that, if you're, if the way you're taking it is this is just the book's interpretation of it, it's this one scene. Maybe if there was something, maybe some sort of different type of cinematography tone like this was, it looked completely different to everything else, like a phasey dream or something where you could deliberately tell like, yes, this is just a part of the book. But it, it just feels like it's part of the the story that has happened. Yeah, for me it didn't. It felt like the, you know, quote unquote Hollywood ending where she, you know, she she chases him to the station, they're in the rain and you know, it was just it was something that's that for me looked as though, okay, this is a written perfect ending. Whereas I feel I mean, like I can whole- I can I can definitely see your side of it there. Yeah. Well that's my uh my opinion. And I'm sticking to it, Hendo. Well it's very hard to change your opinion unless it's about Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. But yeah, that'll do it. Four and a halfs all round here. Yeah. Jeez. Unexpected. <laughs> well, it's those it's those films you don't expect that, you know, blow you away sometimes. Exactly. All right. That'll do it for this bonus review episode. Thank you very much, everyone, for checking it out. And we'll see you soon for Pod v Pod 32. Bye.